Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. King Connections is a benefits corporation, a business consulting firm, and strategic thinking partner for socially responsible CEOs, small businesses, and nonprofits. They manage clients' key connections using customized business systems in the areas of leadership, management, marketing, and operations. With a mission to provide clients with a personalized, scalable business marketing system that is measurable, results-driven, and effective. Executing business systems focused on marketing and management by facilitating the connecting, engaging, and leveraging of socially responsible CEOs, small business owners, and nonprofit resources, strategic partners, and clients. Their philosophy is simple, doing great by doing good. By establishing and managing engagement circles comprised of benefit corporations and nonprofits that are committed to making a measurable positive impact on the community. King Connections is committed to making a social impact by providing funds and resources to community based nonprofit organizations whose mission is to provide affordable housing and education in the areas of financial literacy, entrepreneurship, business development, neighborhood connected youth programs, elderly assistance, job training, homeless services, and employment. King Connections will assist these organizations with building and managing networks using social media, videos, seminars, webinars, and product development. Christopher King, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Thank you, Michael. Glad to be back. Wow, man. It's been a long time, man, but I can see you've been very busy. Tell us what's been going on. <laughs> it's been a lot of exciting things going on, you know, and I would say mostly it's really been a my involvement, evolving, I should say. Um, I've um, working on several different projects, primarily in the area of 
social responsibility. Um, number one, um, I am now the president of a new organization called the DC Chapter of Conscious Capitalism, Conscious Capitalism, excuse me, which is an international organization that was uh, started by Whole Foods co-owner um, John Mackey and uh, Professor Rod Sosota. And I'm also um, launching a new online academy called the Conscious Success Academy, which is an online school to provide education, resources, and support to individuals seeking to build wealth through conscious business endeavors. All right. Well, you know, that's a pretty broad concept. And um, so tell us a little bit about how that worked in action um, and how the concept came about. What did you see out there that you needed to sort of address that's out there in the community now with small businesses and um, upstarts that, you know, need the types of services that you're providing? Well, you know, that's an excellent question. Um, the concept came about primarily through my efforts as a business consultant and entrepreneur, or I consider myself to be a socialpreneur. And what I saw lacking when I went out to work with a lot of business clients is the understanding of how they can actually have a business but also have a business function, of, uh, function on serving good, doing a good deed, or having a business with a higher purpose. They didn't think you can marry the two. They believed that they could have a business that focused on providing profit, but they wanted to do something that was of a higher purpose or something that was morally correct for their spirit or their soul. They had to do that at church or in some kind of nonprofit capacity. And so what I wanted to do and my efforts in, in doing my research, I realized that the Benefits Corporation legislation came along in 2010, and that's just a, a way that a new way businesses can form as an entity that allows them to have a socially responsible business. And that led me to becoming, uh, doing research and got into the conscious capitalism movement. And what I realized when I got into the conscious capitalism movement that there was a paradigm shift happening among business owners on a larger business level where they were, they were after the whole um, um, sit-in on Wall Street and everything, people really began to get fed up with corporations. And so a new model had to be created. And I realized that model had to be communicated to small businesses as well, and in particular entrepreneurs. So the Conscious Success Academy is really geared toward entrepreneurs who want to create a business that has a higher purpose, that, as I call it, who want to have a business that allows them to live their legacy now as opposed to just leaving a legacy behind. And the Conscious Success Academy, what's unique about it is the fact that we focus on providing a three-tier support, which we provide education through online videos, audio um, video, uh, audio format, as well as homework assignments, but also we provide this different than other uh, online education systems is we provide resources. So once you take the courses and we begin to provide you counseling and consulting, we find out their businesses in needing of funds, we, we can connect you through or connect you to micro-lending organizations that can provide you micro-loans. Or we can help you develop a crowdfunding campaign and then connect you to a network and teach you how to use your network to raise funds in that capacity. We also can connect you to what we call our support, which is our business coaches. We have several different business coaches and life coaches to help students stay on and use their curriculum and be more effective and, and positive and intentional with their actions. And so that's really what the Conscious Success Academy is really all about. It's about really, it's really about delivering a, a true uh, method and process for bringing change in your life and, more importantly, allowing you to do that in a business format that lets you make a positive difference in the community. That's great. And, um, you know, you've been somewhat of a grassroots um, activist for quite some time. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's interesting how you keep reinventing yourself into a new way of um, helping people. And, um 
just tell us a little bit about what you were doing before and how this sort of um, resonated with your soul as what you should be doing next uh, and, you know, your will and purpose for reaching out and trying to have a, a, a larger impact on the community you live in. Well, the work I have been doing before, I, I've always considered myself a, a uh, community activist. Um, it's really in my blood. My father was a community activist as well as an entrepreneur. And as a community activist, I love sitting around and serving people. I believe that's my purpose in life is to serve. And so what I did not like was the fact that I really had to stop my serving when it came to making profits. I had to keep making that decision. And so, as you know, what I was doing prior, I was working a lot of different um, nonprofits in the area of housing, and I was providing um, home ownership education, financial literacy education, and credit management education as relates to purchasing and sustaining home ownership. And even through that, as an educator, I was developing curriculum and because I realized there was a need for education, for people to understand that the way to go about building wealth was through home ownership. As you know, that's where most um, middle class people's wealth is tied into their homes. So that kept me continually looking for ways that not only could people build wealth through home ownership, but I also knew that they needed to start a business. They needed to become entrepreneurs. And so continue to expand my horizon as far as educational um, ideas and strategies, I began to develop more business courses and business ideas of how to get started with a business and really how to get started from scratch. Because most people usually run into the same issues when they want to start a business, such as uh, lack of funding and lack of resources. But what I really realized is that it's not really a lack of funding that stops or hurts most small businesses or most entrepreneurs who want, to get, who want to get started. What it really is, it's a lack of education. It's a lack of understanding how to use your current resources and, more importantly, how to go about increasing your value so that you can uh, tap into a network of connected people to support you. And that's really what I want to do with the Conscious Success Academy is create that kind of infrastructure for uh, socially conscious small business um, owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, let's help us to uh, identify the type of person that could benefit. Um, you know, lay it out for us. Where is that person right now in their um, concept or business venture or startup? Where are they right now? What are they struggling with that you think that you could um, best serve and, and help through your process? Well, that's an excellent question. I would say uh, it can appeal to several different people in several different situations, one of them being an individual who is just getting started. He's at a concept stage. He realizes that he wants to start a business, uh, and he's playing with different ideas of what, he, what kind of business he wants to start. Well, the Conscious Success Academy can help him think through that. Uh, the first thing we do is we have a, what we call a life business system course that can really go about helping him flesh out what his purpose and passion is about and help him to uh, begin to put that on paper. And that's really the first course to help him get his mind started and get in, a, in an entrepreneur business mentality. Uh, then we also have courses for individuals who already have a business and they just really need to go about structuring it in a more organized fashion, such as developing a business plan and strategic objectives. So we have a course called Business Development where we sit down with that business owner and we begin to look at where his, where his business currently sits right now in the, in the context of who are his strategic partners and help him identify that, help him identify who is his target market and, more importantly, develop a niche market within that, help him understand the value and the benefits of utilizing social media nowadays as a method to get his message out there and market his business much better. Uh, and then we also have... Uh, courses for a person who's a more of a senior or I would say seasoned business owner who's been in business for a while and just really looking for a way to transition his business from that profit-centered uh, shareholder mentality where I just want to make as much money as I possibly can to uh, increase shareholder wealth to adopting more of a stakeholder model where I want to make sure that not only does my shareholder benefit, but more importantly, my business is done in a higher purpose and that all my community stakeholders benefit, such as my suppliers, uh, my clients, my customers, their customers, uh, and just everyone within his whole stakeholder 
model or community benefits as well and develop a conscious business culture that allows this business to, uh, more important, look for ways to create diversity within this business culture, uh, look for to employ and or empower his employees to be engaged in his business, such as a business such as Costco's, who if you walk into the Costco's, the employees seem happy and willing to help you because Costco's has that great business culture. And so we have several different types of uh, starting points depending on where the business owner is. But the first step is when they contact us, we're going to have a business consultant who will sit down with them and go uh, through what we call an investigative analysis to really understand where they are currently revenue-wise, uh, experience-wise, find out what their needs are so we can route them to the right courses to get them going. That sounds great. And um, we know that um, a major challenge, and especially in today's economy, is with, um, you know, nonprofits and other charities is because the funds have seemed to have dried up in grants and other ways. And, you know, social media has now become uh, the new wave and the new way for them to be able to use crowdfunding as well as other um, means to expand their network as well as raise funds directly. Tell us a little bit about that. And at the end, maybe you could touch on um, how important, you know, it is to actually have that uh, social media piece as well as things like video and other ways to add to your website to, to display your message? Well, that's a great question as well. You know, one of the things I love about being a conscious capitalist or a, a, even a benefits corporation or what I consider having a business with a um, public benefit is that my particular public benefit is to work directly with community-based nonprofits to help them to execute and carry forth their mission. And as a King Connections as a business, as a benefits corporation and conscious capitalism company, we look to not only provide funds in the way of beyond donating, but actually develop a partnership, a relationship with a nonprofit organization and, and making sure that we understand what their mission is. And more importantly, does, does their mission and their values align with ours as a company and a corporation? And so we begin to work with them in that context. And we, and we teach these type of uh, strategies and thought processes within the Conscious Success Academy as well. Now, as it relates to crowdfunding, because one of the things that King Connection does as a benefits, again, as a business consulting firm, is we specialize in helping businesses establish and manage their network uh, and convert that, their contacts into actual network that they can be engaged with. And social media plays a vital role in that. And when we talk about social media, we're not talking about just uh, most people go out and get social media accounts and say, I have a Facebook account uh, or a Twitter account, so on and so forth. But what they lack is a strategy, is how do I go about providing content that is relevant and my listening, my clients, my strategic partners, as well as my suppliers will find interesting and willing to share. And so within that context, that's where we have them think through that. That if you're going to have a, if you're going to have these social media accounts, it's not, it's more than just posting information and pictures and things of that nature. It's really about having a process for determining exactly how often you're going to post your content, what's your content mm-hmm. going to be about, yeah. how do you go about gazing whether that content is engaging and your, your audience is listening to that content, mm-hmm. and that's really where we get the core of as far as consulting with our clients. And then lastly, as we talk about the uh, crowdfunding you mentioned, well, crowdfunding fits right into that because if you have established a great social media presence and you have an engaged network that is communicating and you're writing blogs and you're posting information that is relevant and uh, that your uh, audience finds engaging, then now you can come to them and say, Here's what my ideal is, because crowdfunding is really about having people support your ideal or project or a cause that's, again, going to empower and, and better off the community. And so it's easier to get that launch and get that going if you have a strong, socially engaged network. Wow. 
Yeah, and, and it's funny because uh, it's almost as if most people are taking for granted um, the the network that they've developed, um, even if it's just something that is strictly social for you or if it's something that you use to um, promote other things that you're doing from time to time. But it, it is uh, um, something that it, it's a part of a business that just screams success, and, and people, are I think, are overlooking that. So it's great that you are able to um, help people to really see uh, the importance of it and also the value in their networks and how to, to best serve them as well as um, utilize them for their own business aspects. Yes. And, you know, which, what I find to be really interesting is that when I was doing my work in the home ownership context and providing home ownership education, the majority of the uh, people who would come to the courses were women. And same thing I'm finding as a business consultant. The majority of my clients are usually, that I work with are usually women. And women tend to have a natural tendency to be socially conscious, socially aware, and have a higher purpose. I find mm-hmm. that men have to be more convinced that uh, there is a longer-term benefit, but it just seems to, that message just seems to resonate with women a lot better. And I find them to be more receiving of that and more interested in developing their businesses around doing something with a higher purpose and, and, have a, and developing that conscious culture. Wow, that's great. That's great. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces to what you do. You, you seem to be providing a lot of services in a lot of different directions. Are they divided up somehow? Because part of it is your, your outreach to the community. Part of it is an outreach to businesses and then helping them to also see the importance of giving back. And, and then there's just the part that is a consulting. So are they all together? Is there a division between these? Well, for me, everything is pretty much under the same umbrella. Now, again, I, mm. I do have them compartmentalized to allow for managing, and I have different teams of people who work with me in different areas. But as far as my mind, it's really all one and the same because that my business, my uh, community work, are really just an extension of me and who I am as an individual. I live my life, and I define my, my life by my purpose in life. And that's who I am, and my purpose in life is to serve. And so that's a question that I continuously wake up each morning and ask myself, what is the best possible way that I can serve? And through my community work, through my work with nonprofit organizations, I get a chance to get feedback to find out what people lack. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. there is a huge wealth disparity um, among women of color and and white women that really hurts me to my core. For example, that for every uh, dollar that a uh, a woman of color has, a white woman has $42. And so it's getting people to understand how wealth is created in this country, how wealth, how wealth is utilized, and, of course, homeownership and business are the two best methods for uh, building and sustaining wealth. And that's really what my, uh, I would say, my umbrella and organizations really thrive off of is making sure they have that. Because at the end of the day, What's common about them is the fact that they're providing education, they're providing resources, and more importantly, they're providing an infrastructure that creates that network that keeps everything going well together. So um, just tell our listeners a little bit about your background and where you come from and, and, you know, why is it you have such a, you know, a mindset and expertise in some of these fields that you're addressing for businesses? Okay, well, my uh, again, as, as I uh, said earlier, my my parents really. Uh, my father was um, strong, heavily in the community, and he was an entrepreneur. Um, when I grew up in St. Louis, I remember him being active in the community, uh, helping in the mayor campaigns, and just really, uh, really being a force within that community. And then I looked to my mom, and my mom is a woman who. Uh, was always a mother of the community. You know, when I grew up, all the kids can come to our house and eat, and she would take care of the kids. And even to this day, you know, my mom's in her 70s, and she's still the mother. She lives in an apartment building, but she's the mother in that community. She is a woman mm-hmm. that uh, watches all the kids, feeds all the people. And so that's really just kind of in my DNA. And so right. um, as I began to mature through my business life and, and grow up through my career, I always had – 
a higher purpose towards learning and receiving information. I always took it in a context that I want to understand it so I can teach and give it back to others. And that's kind of always been at my core. And throughout the type of uh, jobs I've had as a system engineer, mm-hmm. again, it was imp- instrumental in me helping me to develop systems that uh, can take my concepts and, and put them into a process that could be accountable and be measured. And mm. so that's the kind of how I've always been. I've been structured in that kind of context that I'm not healthy. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not happy unless I'm serving people in some form of impact uh, or uh, capacity. And, and let's just go back to that for a second. And so you were in the, the corporate realm for quite some time, doing very well, successful. What was it that made you just all of a sudden change and, and find that you know this was no longer a fulfilling role for you, and that you had to make such a drastic change to um, move forward in another direction? <laughs> Well, you know, that's a question that really gets to the core of who I am because what I realized, I equate entrepreneurship with freedom. And mm. when I was in my 20s and I was making over six figures working for organization Booz Island Hamilton, and for all intents and purposes, my career should have been set, it should have been established. But I was the most unhappy because I got to a point where I realized there was more to life than just buying material things. There was more to life than just making money. I wanted to be free. I wanted to have freedom of mind. You know, Deepak Chopra teaches us that there are six levels of freedom. And for me, that first level of freedom is to do do what I want, when I want. I could not do that in corporate America. They want to compartmentalize and say, you're a system engineer. You focus on this only. And I had much bigger uh, dreams and grandiose visions beyond just being a system uh, engineer. And so entrepreneurship, it's freedom to me. I equate that with literally uh, leaving the plantation and going through all the perils and, and struggles and challenges and sacrifices as a slave that just left the plantation. And I feel that that's the course of entrepreneur. You're going to go through that. You're going to go through that uncertainty. And you have to learn to embrace it. You have to learn to look forward to it. And more importantly, it taps, you get to tap into your faith and find what your spiritual core is. And for me, that's what this process of being an entrepreneur has been about, and that's what I bring to my education that I provide, that's what I bring to my business services, my consulting services that I provide, and it could, because at the end of the day, that's who I am. It, it's not a separate a separation. It's exactly who I am at the end of the day. I can go to sleep at night knowing that I help people improve their lives in, in some positive, measurable way. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. The day I met you, I was impressed with you. We met um, on Capitol Hill, uh, House Ways and Means Committee on, um, I believe it was on the housing crisis. And, um, and you know, a lot of people in there who really just wanted to to, to have their voice heard, saw this problem their way. And, um, you know, people who were interested on making a difference, um, looking at what could be a real force for change. And um, you and I got into a conversation after that, and next thing you know, we were connecting and doing a radio show called King Street. So, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. So it's interesting that we're coming back full circle again after some time and, um, you know, really excited about what you're doing because, it, again, it's right back in the realm of the things that, you know, I was most interested in about you before and your um, efforts to sort of um, reach out to the community and make a difference. Well, yeah, thank you for mentioning that because I, I do remember back when you and I um, met and we uh, and we were at the housing. And, you know, one of the things that stood out to me at the housing, uh, at that summit, was the fact that they were talking about how they wanted to keep, continue to buy, uh, provide counseling to homeowners. Mm. They were leaving out education. You know, they were leaving out. To them, the idea of counseling is provide was, you know, that's standard. I'm not just criticizing individuals that, that were there. That's just a standard housing uh, response is to provide counseling, and counseling for them is a one-hour to four-hour course and sometimes eight-hour crash course. And, again, when you're talking about building wealth, there's no one wealthy that can ever say they, they attain that wealth through a one-hour or eight-hour crash course. It's something that has to be a much more – definitive process they actually get that they have it 
And, you know, that's what I realized. We have to find ways to actually change people's paradigm so that they can begin to view wealth in a different context than they currently are right now. And what I want to do is I want to bring on someone who I find uh, that I connected with over the last uh, year or so. And what's really exciting about this gentleman is that his values and I aligned. And when we clicked, we instantly knew that we had to do something together and that us coming together was going to be something that was going to be far greater than anything we can do in our own individual areas of expertise. And I invited this gentleman on a call because he's the co-partner with me with the Conscious Success Academy, and his name is uh, Ross Girardi. And he's been a, a great influence in my life and just helping keep me grounded and keep me balanced and, and giving me hope that there's others that out there that, that's like him that want access to this kind of information. Ross Durandi, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hi, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on board. Well, Christopher said some really nice things about you and um, got my interest up. And, and just tell us a little bit about that day that you guys met and what do you think that was in your background, Ross, that um, you know helped you and Christopher to sort of click on that same um, you know idea or concept? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think part of it is we were both working, and, and we are currently um, work together to get the D.C. chapter of Conscious Cap- Capitalism launched. Mm-hmm. So that kind of naturally meant we, we probably had some core values that were resonant. Um, but but it even went beyond that. I mean, um, when Christopher and I first met, we, we just really connected, I mean, literally, and uh, when he when he was talking about what he had, you know, planned, and then he, you know, at a certain point he said, you know, would you like to be involved? And you know, it did. It took about two seconds to just say yes, you know. Um, so we just we just really connected. I mean, co- conscious capitalism's somewhat of a new movement, um, but it's 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 growing and it's huge and. Um, you know, uh, Christopher and I both really are are really connected around that. But I think what he's doing is is just going a step further, several steps further. And I just wanted to be a part of that and work with him. That's great. And um, <laughs> I haven't known Chris that long, uh, but I can tell you he's no stranger to going a step further. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and Chris, just tell us a little bit about um, Ross and, and why you feel that he's such a good partner in this endeavor as well. Well, I would say, first of all, when I look to connect with individuals, I I have what I call I'll see certain connection threads, I call them. And certain, certain those, uh, connection threads that Ross and I connect on are a passion. Uh, we connect on the principles. Our principles are aligned. We connect on the purpose connection thread, where we both want to do something that has a higher purpose in life. Uh, we also connect on the um, trust uh, connection thread, where we believe in establishing and, and, and maintaining trust for one another, and the professionalism connection thread. So th- these are all the things that him and I just really began to just connect on. And when you have, when you're connecting with someone on that many threads. Uh, the conversations and the work, it's just effortless. There's no hard work. There's no need even for a written agreement because you all truly understand that what you're doing is going to create a significant difference in the lives of others, and that is the powerful motivating force that keeps you going. And so uh, what I love about Ross is that he is a person like myself that's constantly seeking wisdom. He he, he's constantly seeking to grow and advance who he is as a person. He's, he, like myself, we're not content today with our current level of knowledge, our current level of experience. And, our, and so we, we want to grow. And more importantly, we want to grow from a spiritual standpoint. We want to achieve that higher level of spirituality and, and growth. And that's what drives both of us. Uh, it's not money. It's that growth as individuals and that transformation from uh, – 
just being a person who is making money to be a person that's using money to make a difference. And that's mm. what uh, him and I have in common. Wow. So, Ross, just tell us a little bit about your, your background, your upbringing, as well as um, your endeavors up to now. And um, one of the reasons why you think you're a good fit also for um you know, helping folks um, to be able to, you know, make themselves better as well as make their communities better in the process of, you know, finding what their their real will and purpose is in life through their their business. Okay, so, um, you know, I grew up in Richmond, so I'm, I'm not exactly from the D.C. area, but close enough. I've been living in northern Virginia for close to 20 years. And um, I started out in the military, uh, spent many years in the military, and then, um, um, similar to Christopher, I was in the IT industry for for most of my career. And, um, you know, I think for me, I I kind of had an experience in in 1994. It was, uh, you know, Saturday morning, I'm out at a park in Alexandria, and, you know, I don't want to make too much of it, but it was kind of an awakening experience. And from that time till today, I just, I've been kind of on a spiritual path. So uh, literally reading books um, every year, journaling, meditating, you know, that, that whole path um, just kind of came to me. So I, I just transformed over time who I was, and uh, that's really what brought me to to where I to where I'm at today. So, you know, I left the military, um spent many years in the IT industry, and now I've I'm I'm really interested in helping other businesses like like Christopher's uh that are that are conscious or want to be more conscious and and help them to to move in that direction. And I, I really feel strongly that this this really is the wave of the future. It's here. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of there are a lot of companies that are great examples that are that are doing it now. But if you looked at it uh, percentage wise, it's still a, a small percentage of the overall um, corporate world. So yeah, it's, uh, you know. Yeah, there's more and more businesses that have that same focus, and it is a new thing. And it's interesting because it can go in any direction you can think of. As a matter of fact, I know of a restaurant in Washington, D.C. called Cause that gives away all of its profits to nonprofits mm. and charities. And it's a restaurant. It's a bar. And yeah. you wouldn't even think, but that's the name of the restaurant, Cause. And that is their focus. That is their mission. And... um you know, there are just so many different ways that you could start a business that actually has an impact on more people than your customers and then encourage your customers to also reach out and have an impact on a broader group of people as well. And and it is the new way, and it is something that is changing the world. Oh, yeah, it it is, and... You know, I mean, we, we, we talk about the, the big companies that are kind of living examples, Whole Foods, Costco, some people say the container store, um, and, and, and others, you know. But it's, I, I'm interested in the smaller businesses that are moving in this direction, and I think that's also where the future lies is um, this may be, at some point become the norm because it just – it, when you really kind of get what's going on, it just makes sense. You know, you're you're making sure that all the stakeholders of the business are taken care of, and and you know, it's just that's that's the way things are going. And and we believe, you know, Christopher and I both really think that it just um, once you hear about it, it's it's almost common sense. And maybe it's from you know, we both have kind of a systems background, so we think of the systems integration or or the IT world, but that's how IT works. You know, everything has to be balanced and work together or the system itself won't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's kind of the way I think about it. Wow. Well, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and what I'll do is I'll share with you um, – 
a concept for my new business that I think is going to reach out to the community. And um, I don't believe, Christopher, you've heard this yet. So and, um, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and um, then after that we'll talk a little bit about this and more about how just about any business concept can be broadened to be able to expand itself to serve the public. The new media business model. We live in a world today where broadcast media has fallen from its once lofty pedestal as the primary source of accurate, concise news and information to an industry in a state of panic. Faced with the ongoing challenges of monetizing digital news due to the intricate open source complexities of the Internet, we find that instead of newspapers, magazines, and TV networks being separate entities, we now see that they're only merely divisions of the very same media conglomerate. The end result, we find a culture of networks that have evolved to make truth and accuracy secondary. In the pursuit of ratings, advertising dollars, and the buzz of social media, the news desk primary focus. The once rare occurrence has become the standard and the code of ethics that held the profession of journalism in check is long forgotten, as well as its often touted quotes that are carefully placed in a network statement of retraction and apology for unvetted news stories gone awry. The factual basis for news has taken a backseat to its emotional value and viral potential. This is so much a part of the new media debacle that you can hardly find news stories, or even a weather report for that matter, that have not been exaggerated with a healthy dose of sensationalism, scare tactics, or unwarranted possible tragic outcomes. Shaping public opinion used to be part of a network's identity that they would reiterate with a daily barrage of blurbs that were meant to educate or reinforce their values or politics that defined their mission and would hopefully make them stand out among their competitors as a unique source. Although media seems to have the full attention of the corporate and political base, it seems to be losing its control and status in the realm of public opinion. Most have given up on trying to drive these opinions and are now relying more and more on trying to follow rather than lead and focus on early discovery and adaptation of social media trends in order to hopefully appear to be in line with public opinion. What? Media trying to fit in and hang out with the cool kids? How did that happen? Look, there's a hole in the wall of new media. But the way I see it, the problem is not with the hole. The problem is the wall. It's what's hidden behind that wall or veil, if you will, is new media's failing. It's no secret that the media has for some time focused on how to earn viewers' loyalty and trust in order to control how and what we think. But the veracity of social media's information exchange has forced new media to rethink their programming and interaction with this new type of viewer that is evolving and growing at a faster pace that can be accurately measured by today's benchmarks. With the on-camera presence of the laptop on virtually every newscast, media has conveniently presented a viable resource that the viewer could very well use to get the same information. This once sedentary audience is now supplementing their viewing experience with a healthy dose of online multitasking and have become very tech-savvy and needs to be recognized as capable of news gathering, critical thinking, and fact-checking from multiple sources at a moment's notice, voicing their point of view and quickly becoming a viable part of the story through public opinion which gives them an even greater role on how news is compiled and disseminated. Our world is rapidly changing, as is our response to news stories and the tactics that can be used effectively to captivate audiences. Some of these tactics that are still in use are rapidly becoming outdated. For example, when I hear a news teaser that tells me that I would need to tune in at 10 or 11 to get the full story, I'm no longer at the mercy of the network. As a matter of fact, if I'm indeed interested, 
I searched the topic myself on the Internet to find the information that they would want me to wait to hear. And that may or may not be their lead story, by the way. And I find that by the time the story airs at 10 or 11, that one, I have more information on the same story that was presented in the newscast. And two, I have already had plenty of time to discuss it in detail with my wife and form my own opinion. Three, tweeted and posted the topic or news story on Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn from the sources that I found. And four, I've had the time to respond to the comments from my network of friends and responders. Five, by the time the story airs at 10 or 11, not only am I not further informed by its 40 to 90 second contribution, I'm also unimpressed. Am I the only one who takes this approach? I think not. This is rapidly becoming the norm. Just as YouTube has fostered a culture of content that is promoted after it's produced based on its organic interest and buzzworthy measure on the social media trend curve, we find that new media's attempts to manufacture or counterfeit this kind of response has led to awkward, failed attempts that merge new media concepts with old production standards that, in effect, creates a random hodgepodge that often falls short in both production and execution. Just as Facebook has shown it's far better to go to where the traffic is than to spend the money and resources it takes to drive traffic to you, we see a new paradigm in web analytics that has a repeating theme that reveals that the free, trending social media solution that everyone is talking about is what is more often the most effective. Now that the public has fully embraced this powerful new tool of social media and can now dictate by their actions how and where they would like to receive and align themselves with sources of news and information, it's clear that some changes need to be made. Although I do have some answers due to over a decade in media and some astute observations, I can say this. What is most important in this ever-changing world of new media, information technology, and social media is that new media visionaries stay focused in order to get that first glimpse of what's new on the horizon and project and plan for its potential impact and opportunity accordingly. So it is imperative in order to gain this advantage that, first and foremost, that we're looking in the right direction. Now, I'm confident to say that I am looking in the right direction, and I'm perfecting a system of digital media standards that produce social interaction engines that will easily power the social media vehicle of the day and quickly be dropped into the new media model of the future. It's not as difficult as one might think. We just need to first see our viewers as trusted partners and not a captive audience. I predicted the death of the printed newspaper back in 2004 for this very same reason. Now you would think with all this talk about what's wrong with new media that I would have all the answers. Well, I don't. I promise though that in the near future, it will be very clear that I have taken up the banner to be a key player in this new media transition. And I have committed myself to do my part to rage against the machine. But this is a major undertaking. That although I've laid the groundwork, it will require the support and expertise of some very talented and dedicated individuals. Believe it or not, I think I've got that part taken care of. I have put together my own dream team of visionaries, if you will that are some of the most dynamic, forward, critical thinkers that the industry has never heard of. Well, not in this capacity anyway. And our unorthodox approach to new media standards will be a catalyst for change and a successful transition. Look, we don't fear change or the future. This is where we live. And once you've had a chance to hang out here for a bit, you'll come to realize that the rumors are all untrue. But honestly, our work has just begun. 
I could puff out my chest and speculate and make vast projections about this new undertaking. After all, I'm honored and humbled at the task and clear vision that God has given me. Yes, I could say more. But anything beyond that requires a measure of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. And that was just my introduction to my new nonprofit, Social Digital Media Incorporated. Welcome back, Christopher King and Ross Garrardi. Thank you. Welcome me back, Michael. And, you know, as I was listening to um, your vision, again, I was feeling the energy of how your purpose is in line with my purpose. Mm-hmm. And that I definitely want to be a part of your team, as you talked about, going forth to help you bring your nonprofit vision into fruition and then supporting it to make sure that there is a medium out there, an organization out there that has your mission, your mission and, and purpose. Well, thank you, Chris. And, um, you know, when you first sent your email, you, you stated that as well. And I don't even think you knew at that time just how closely our our vision was. And uh, as I listened to you talk about some of the things that you'd like to do and some of the things you thought were so important, I saw the parallels there. And the fact that we're approaching them from, you know, different sides, different, um, you know, disciplines, it's just phenomenal when these things come together, you know, just how much a great idea can come you know, become better. So I, I'm excited. So am I. So am I. And um, it, your your new vision, again, in helping businesses and nonprofits, um, you know, uh, how do you plan on launching that? And you've got something that's coming up in the near future that I don't think we've talked about yet, but you're, you're launching your initiative. And, and just tell us about that. <clears throat> well, again, just to make sure that your listeners are clear, if you're a conscious capitalist, you can have several different ways that you can uh, declare your public benefit. You know, most people have a tendency to declare a public benefit by being environmentally conscious, and others are focused with doing work in the community. Well, my vision has always been, or my passion has always been, and supporting community-based nonprofits who I the ones who I see do not get serviced by the government, who get denied loans or grants or find difficulty in finding funding and resources. And so I wanted to make sure that when I generate my money, that it's there's a portion set aside to help support those nonprofit endeavors. And so within that context, um, my whole philosophy is always predicated on connecting. Uh, my company, King Connections, I teach courses on connecting. Uh, one of the courses that I have is called Connecting with Intent, How to Build a High-Value Network. And so it's within that realm that I look to connect people to or build a community of like-minded individuals. And I believe that once people come together, that's when miracles happen. And so one of the things I'm working on, or I, I'm just not finishing, in addition, but we talked about this, is that, I just recently um, finished a book, and it's um, called Connecting with Intent, Why Social Capital is More Valuable Than Financial Capital. And again, and social capital is predicated upon, upon excuse me, establishing relationships. It's based upon your character with social capital. And, and so that's one of the things that I just recently finished as a project. As now I'm an uh, author. So that's, well, that was a goal of mine. And, and so to launch my book uh, and to go along with the Conscious Success Academy, one of the things that I'm doing is uh, one of the courses that I've developed is called Life Business Systems. And, again, that's a course that kind of helps you get your life and approach your life as a business. And you see your life as a business. And what I mean is you approach it with intent like you do a business. You sit down with a business. You say, I'm going to develop a plan for my business. I'm going to develop a marketing plan. I'm going to develop a financial plan and so on and so forth. Well, we don't normally do that in our lives. We just kind of set our careers, and then we just kind of go on automatic. But what I'm advocating is the life business systems is a 
a course or a business system that helps you approach your life as a business. So you have a, instead of a business plan, you have a broader, you have a life plan. And mm. your marketing plan is about networking and connecting. And so what I'm doing to prove that this new concept works and that it's a, it's a valid uh, process is I'm, I'm putting myself through that in a campaign, a campaign I call the 30 Days of Freedom, in which I'm actually utilizing my life business system strategies and concepts and processes to propel myself forth to launch the, King, uh, the Conscious Success Academy as well as get my book out there and establish some key connections that's going to help me do that. And, you know, of course, you're being one of them. So that's what I'm pretty much excited about. I'm actually going to be a living case study to show mm. people that you can actually walk this talk or walk this path of consciousness, of higher purpose, and still make a, a successful living and make a sizable income from it. So, again, I'm not advocating that you have to forego income at all and live a life of, uh, struggle and, and, and poverty because you choose to have a higher purpose. I'm, I'm marking the opposite. I'm saying the greater your purpose, the more you serve people, the more income you earn because people will see the value that you bring in the world. And that's what it's tied directly to. Mm, that's awesome. And um, this this idea and this concept, where did you get it from, this, um, this plan that you're going to work through? Um, how did this come to you? Well, you know, from several different sources, you know, and you mentioned your, um, your you talked about your new um, organization that you're going to launch. You talked about YouTube. And recently in the summer, um, I undergo, I, I should say, I've been taking a, a detox, the, you know, a lemon, a cayenne pepper uh, detox. It, and to help my, you know, stay on the course, I began to go to YouTube and look at a lot of videos and people were posting videos of, their success from day one and, you know, day five and day ten. And I realized mm-hmm. a lot of views. I was watching them and I was, because, you know, you, you want to see, I realized people love to resonate with someone who was undertaking a challenge. Yeah. You're going to let the world in on your challenge and say, here I am day one, here I am day ten. And they see you being consistent. They see that you, you stand true to that and you're disciplined. They want to tune in. And, and the deeper they got into that detox, the more views they got. And so that inspired me to say, with all these reality shows out here that's really showing you nothing, I wanted to show people how an inside track into a person that's designing a business, designing a course, that's changing his life, and kind of bring you in before I get mm-hmm. there. And kind of show mm-hmm. you some of the sacrifices that have to be made, some mm-hmm. of the uh, things that are required, teams I have to build, the people I have to connect with in order to achieve these goals. So that's what kind of really led me to want to expose and call this the 30 days of freedom campaign. Wow. That's funny. You know, because you're putting yourself out there. You, you really are. You're not doing it and then coming back and saying, Hey, you know, let me tell you about what I did successfully. You're, you're putting yourself out there and saying, I will succeed and, and I will share the process with you before you even know what's going to happen. So that's awesome. That that Thank that is you. that is a bold position to take, you know, and I really respect that. To be honest with you, it's interesting. Um, I did a detox in uh, August of this year. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to just get into a whole health thing because I'm no guru. I'm not, you know. I just did the things <laughs> that I thought that would help me. You know what I mean? Because you know, mind, yeah. body, and soul. You know, you got to do something every now and then, and you know, when you feel that you've taken time out on one. You need to move to the next. So, you know, it's just been awesome, uh, Chris, talking with you again. We always um, have great conversations, lots of energy, lots of passion whenever we talk. And, Ross, uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, meeting you in person as well as working with both of you guys together. And uh, we're going to post some information on um, your website, uh, King Connections, Dot net as well as um, other information about what you're doing and try to follow this up. But we are out of time. So thank you, Chris, again, and we will talk soon, and we'll have you on in the near future. Thank you for having us, Michael. I, pre- I really appreciate it, and I really enjoyed it. Look forward All right. to it. Thanks. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily. 
But know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.